Hey friends, welcome to the Love Intently podcast, where each week I bring you relationship experts, inspiring couples, and first-class relationship thought leaders from around the world. I'm on a mission to explore what exactly makes love last and to empower a generation to have strong relationships. I'm your host, Sophie Kwok, the chief love enthusiast who believes that relationships are the most important part of our lives. Welcome back to the Love Intently podcast. This is part two of our conversation with Lynette and Corey Ferruja. Lynette Sine is a free spirit, beauty expert, YouTube personality, daughter of a magician, wife of a musician, and the producer of Love and Light. Her incredible husband, Corey Ferruja, is a recording artist, musician, composer, writer, and executive producer. On our last episode, we share how their different upbringings impacted their relationship today and how they've gone about communicating, understanding, and processing through each person's past to better support each other and to build an even better future together. They share their beautiful and funny journey of finding each other and getting married and what it was like to have an incredibly raw and vulnerable conversation between the two of them go viral on YouTube with The Anne Project. And if you haven't listened to it, we highly recommend that you go back and listen to part one of our conversation with them. On this episode, we pick up with me asking how they stay connected in the chaotic, beautiful, and hard parts of being in the entertainment and beauty industry. And here's what they had to say. People first and everything. So are the people that we have been almost vigilant about inviting in and making space for and others without, you know, but we're announcing it to them, uh, kind of maybe putting them on a different tier of, of influence. You know, so we, we feel called to influence influencers. So for us manifesting those types of relationships that will affirm that in us and support that. And also that we can, we can share our value with them. We have some, you know, specific uh, calling. So in our home, things like check-ins or tools, I know, I'm a music guy, maybe I'm biased, but I think it's really important. Make sure the environment is right. So I am very, very, now it's just habit. Um, I'm music supervising our story every day. Literally. Um, from the kind of sounds you want to wake up to, the kind of sounds you want to go to bed to, the kind of sounds like after the morning, um, and then the kind of sounds in the act one, act two, act three. Every day there is um, there's specific sounds to, to enhance, to uplift, and to uh, contextualize conversation we have music going 24 hours a day so like literally we, we fall yeah right not right now but we have uh, <laughs> music playing all throughout the night even so we really like to check in as far as prayer together too yes. mm-hmm. but having that it's amazing because i didn't grow up listening to a lot of music to be honest i mean like your favorite band and hero and there a little bit but having him really be conscious about that kind of thing and then where we pray together and then he'll put on worship music. That's how I and love intently the music language. Literally. It's beautiful. It really has. Like I go, oh, so wow. I just had such a really peaceful sleep. And then we woke up and it was very, um, you know, another rule that we have is keeping our phones charging, not by our beds, you know, and we're in an interesting time right now because I'm in this workshop and I have to be up at a cer- certain time three right. days a week. So that's kind of off right now at the moment, but Technology out of our beds. Yeah, technology out of the room, charging our phones out in the kitchen. 
Um, we have an alarm clock, like air essential oil diffuser. So it's just like making those things like your remember room. alarm clocks guys. Yeah. <laughs> your sacred place yes. um, to connect. So that way it doesn't intrude on that, you know, sanctuary that you're creating yeah. for one another. So that was like huge for us. Well, and it's crazy too. It was funny for us, but we were in, it's so ironic. We were in this marriage intensive with people that were helping us and they came out towards the end of the thing. They're like, look, what are your, just, you don't mind. Like, what are the things that you guys fight about? Like we share all of our shit. Like, you're like, you want to know what the number one thing we fight about music in our household. I was like, what? What are you talking about? Like he likes really like crazy like heavy metal EDM. And EDM and like intense stuff and she's she's a chick. Like she wants to calm down every once in a while. <laughs> so yeah, I, I just I kind of feel like as if like I for me personally, I took that as like almost affirming in my responsibility I take to curate music. I really anyone out there that hears this, all you have to do is hit me up and I'll send you some pretty badass playlists, but I'm always curating like a music supervisor with that hat on. Yeah. I'll be like cooking like <clears throat> pasta, you know, we'll be having wine and then he puts on crooner music. So it's little things like that that mm-hmm. are where it's like Frank Sinatra crooning. And I'm like, Oh my God. Spirit. And you're all like, like romantic. So I'm like, and I realized how impactful that was. And I definitely took that for granted for a little while, but it's, it does make a huge environment shift with all the craziness to be distracted. It yeah. kind of helps to center you. Grounded. Yeah. Yeah. It's nonverbal communication too. That's one thing to remember. Music is not like a language. It is a language and it's a language of the eternal. So when you, when somebody takes, it takes time to package music, melody and a message in this sonic frequency we call radio or whatever, you know, it's just, sonic recording that's a form of expression like i can just play a song and i don't have to say anything and then we're both listening to this message that about love or about if it's a worship song we're thinking about god we're thinking just constantly it allows us to stay in check with like things that are uplifting and of spirit you know there's such great spirit in great music that's how Mm -hmm. a conduit for for spirit and i think like filling your heart and filling your mind and your home with messages and are lifting. We're listening to podcasts. We're watching, you know, the stuff that we input output. Half of creation. We're very creative people. It's our field, but half of creation is curation. So what mm-hmm. you input is what will come out, and the quality of that input will be will determine the quality of what comes out. It's basic. We're like little robots. We're a machine. What you input through your eyes, your ears, will go in your mind. What story in your mind will go in your heart, and then it comes out. You know. Sing it. You should consider singing. That's right. Sing yeah, that's, that's so powerful. You'll have to share some of your favorite playlist with us and we'll put it in our oh. show notes. All you have to do is ask nice. I'll send a link. I got my classic songs where you hit shuffle on that. It won't repeat for like seven and a half hours. That's amazing. I yeah. Okay. So talk to me a little bit about the incredible aspects, but yet I know there's some challenging aspects of being both so creative and so forward or, or frontward facing into the public um, and supporting each other's dreams, but pursuing um, pursuing sometimes the same dreams too. How, how has that been and what advice do you have for other creatives in that? Yeah, I think that we finally hit a point where, I mean, we definitely hit some struggles in the beginning of our marriage because I had, when we had first gotten married, we were both kind of, you know, in the same, a similar point 
in our career. She's still, you know, making way. And then I had signed a contract that kind of took me a very different direction. And my schedule was literally jam packed. And so that was difficult for a little bit for us to get used to that dynamic of, you know, me just being like completely thrusted into a different world where we were used to collaborating. So tight knit. And, um, I was under a lot of stress and a lot of pressure as much as I loved it. It was definitely like a high pressure situation. So that took some fine tuning and adjusting for sure. And we definitely hit a point where we were going, Whoa, we need to figure out how our careers. And I, I say this too. It's interesting because my parents hit this point too, but where we needed to find a way to intersect. Otherwise they were going to continue to grow on different paths and go away from one another. So we like to call it the grand collaboration. So we're like, how can we infuse our dreams into one? Because it's just true. We both are very strong personalities. We are, you know, definitely called to what we're doing. Um, but we need to, you know, definitely do this together. So that was when we really put out into the universe. We're like, okay, let's do beauty and the beat, which is exactly our perfect dynamic. Um, so it's a docu reality series that we're really focused on this year where, you know, it's basically a behind the scenes kind of view of what we're up to. And then it also is releasing a song of his and a music video. So as we've done it, dug into that, even that's kind of, um, uncovered a new little adventure for me too. Cause his producer was like, Hey, Lynette, do you sing at all? And I was like, what do you mean? I was like, I mean, I guess. I he asked that. me, I said, yep. I like, you know, yeah. I guess. She sings because I sing and we're two became one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of the dream. My parents performed together. Um, they did magic together and my parents literally have seen this vision of Corey and I doing something similar using magic and music together and then just really infusing our, you know, entertainment styles in one sort of the big three music, show. music magic and mystery. Yeah. Big, mm. big. So there's a lot, like there's no lack of inspiration here. So <clears throat> I started singing with him a little bit. That's been a blast. I even just yesterday we were in the studio and I helped him write a little bit. I wasn't singing on it, but um, she's my muse, man. I, I, it makes me go back every session that I was in. I was like, there was one thing missing now. And it was little, I, need, I need my muse. Um, you asked, you asked in your question about like what advice to distill down, like what I'm hearing her. I think the transferable bit is ask God, (laughs) ask something outside of yourself or the universe, wherever you want, but ask, um, ask God, ask, you know, to, to find a way to collaborate because that's all you have to do is put the intention and say, maybe there's a project, maybe there's something we could do. And a project is this simple. You are like a projector. You are projecting something into the future. It's a project. So I think if you could say it with the most loose general terms of what that means, don't, don't, don't associate meaning what other people mean by it, right? This is the advice. Ask God, ask one another, and go down a journey, and it is a journey to go out. It's the right thing for us to, to work together in life. But also, it's another layer. I was, we were just talking to another colleague, I mean, our, our mentor, yours really, further along in the entertainment journey and her and her husband are in the same field. But I was like, Oh, how is it like to be working here? No, 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 no. We don't work together. And I was like, wow, I think that's a, that's another layer of intimacy that I'm discovering that I think a lot of people don't 
It's been just, oh, we're just different. We just do different things, but we love each other. But I think consider maybe putting out into the universe a project that could collaborate your voices. It doesn't have to be how her and I did it. I mean, turning on a camera and telling your story is transferable for anybody. Everyone should consider documenting the process. But the way you do that, the style, you know, um, whatever it is, I think do something together. It could be something physical, like, but just a project where you can see progress. Like, look what we did. We started here, and then we ended here. So for us, the vision was so cool. Like, imagine, I mean, obviously, we don't know how it's going to work out. But what if, just what if, like, we got through a successful season slash album, the playlist on your channel, I mean, the way we had it intended was, she'd have a whole season of Beauty and the Beat, like our story on a, on a playlist. And I would have my album of my dreams collaborating with my wife, in these songs getting out into the world that have been sitting in hard drives and emails. So for us, that's how we're doing it. But to everyone else, just consider doing a project together. Something simple. Start with something that you guys know you can execute well together and create that little win, little checkbox. And you build off that. It's a series of wins. You know, that's what life should be about, I think. Mm. So when you had never, had you recorded anything before that? Or was it something you just dove into? You record voiceover with, with well, right. different contexts. Yeah. So yeah. I've definitely done like a little bit of recording for my voice, like my actual mm. voice, but not a singing voice. Right. So that was definitely new for me. And it was such a blast. Um, and still is like, cause I still have like kind of just been digging into it and learning more and more. Um, and she's got a great singing voice too. It's a really cool tone. Like even my producers who, have no incentive to like blow smoke at all they're like dude you guys your voice sounded really cool together of course and she sings great like that's awesome yeah so that's amazing. and it's fun i'm like okay great and so we've now performed together twice yeah, in a live yeah, show so that's fun too just like taking risks together which then yeah. evokes you know growth yes. trust all that so it's great Gosh. We've got to bring you guys back to Austin someday. I know. <laughs> yes. Okay. I need to intersect here and also tell the audience this that so me and Lynette met um at Yellow Conference, and then a few months later, Hurricane Harvey happened, and the two of them just booked a plane ticket and texted me and told me that they were coming because they were doing a project in Houston, and they were going to ride a bus up to Austin, which I think is just so incredible, and I think also speaks truly to you, is that you guys are not just about getting yourselves um, on a pedestal, but you guys are truly about bringing love and light in the world. And I think that's so beautiful and impactful because you're in music and beauty, which traditionally a lot of people did just do that. They, they took those industries to make great names of themselves, never really looked back. Um, and so I wanted to ask you guys a little bit about that. How has, um, what is giving back, giving back look like for you guys individually and together and in your marriage? How do you guys plan around that? I know it wasn't necessarily financially cheap to do that. So talk to me about that experience. Yeah, yeah that's cool. I think we talk about that a lot. Don't we? Yeah, I think we both just have a very big heart for the world. That's something that we definitely um, share in common. And I knew even in our vows, which are so fun, like at the end of my part, I said, and I know you want to change the world. So let's do it. So that was infused in who we were. I knew that this man wanted to make an impact. And so did I, that's why I was like, I want to marry him because 
it's not necessarily, yes, marriage is a gift. And of course, this is such a great adventure, but we really know that it's like this force is to be reckoned with because we want to go out and really go lateral and help. So when it comes to even serving in that capacity after the, you know, hurricanes, that was something that, I don't know, God just put that on my heart. And well, no, it was cool. We were in LA and here we are. We're like hearing about this. We're like, the world is so crazy. What the fuck is going on? And I was like, we need to pray for them. Like we need to pray. So we prayed and she's like, we need to go. I was like, that's why I freaking love my wife. I was like, what? She's like, we can pray and that's cute. Like that's cool, but we can go. Like there's nothing stopping us. Like God's provided for us. We have enough, you know, we're not rich by any means. Like from that, we're, you know, we're wealthy in our spirit and things like that. But when it comes, you know, we were, it's not like we're loaded or anything. It's not even that. It was just like, we had the means. We had the ability to do that. And she was like, let's do it. I was like, I'm a hundred percent down. Let's go. So she's researching every freaking nonprofit to do it. Like how we have so much value to offer. Like we do content, we do these things Like what kind of hosts, you know, interviews, like how can we help? Is there something we can do with our gifts? Like we were down to do whatever. We're like, Oh, we'll go. But it, as it turns out, the one that she found, the, the nonprofit we worked with that brought us to Houston, where we, we teamed up with in Houston, they needed help with like media. So to go, to go, to go back to your point, that was just an example and how we connected with you out there was so fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but in general, I think philanthropy and giving back, um, for us, it's like we're integrating it right now. Everyone, you don't have to get wealthy and rich. I think that's a weird, deceptive lie that people can't give philanthropically or out of an abundance of themselves at any stage of life. So we're, I think for me, it's realizing what you have and what you possess that's unique and powerful and valuable is to be shared. Like my mentor, Carol is a sage, you know, he passed on at 92. He's like the greatest gifts in life that we have are for sharing. Like we have to share them. So, um, so I think like, yes, in the bigger picture as resources and capacities of influence increase, and we have lots on our hearts of how we want to make like significant impact. We have mentors that are doing things that are changing the world, like literally changing the world. So energy, skyscraper level vertical farming like reimagining everything but for us being creatives being storytellers and cult media um we want to integrate philanthropy in a part of our lives always and as that increases then we'll increase our philanthropy and giving back which is it brings it perfectly over to like one of the last things i wanted to share is that we actually have been approached by two a couple different publishing agents and so something that's been really on our hearts is kind of sharing our process through what we've gone through already in a short amount of time. I honestly think it's safe to say, and I've asked other married couples this, so I have done my market research, but we've been through, we didn't kind of go too far into that in this because you'll just have to wait for the book, but we have gone through quite a bit in a short amount of time and we've hit some definite, you know, abyss moments in our hero's journey throughout marriage. And so we really want to share our process is not by to sit here on our high school horse and be like, Oh, we're marriage experts three years in, but more to be like, here's how we've gotten through and how we're still standing and, you know, ready to still charge forward. Like we're not like shaky, still standing. We're like, okay, now we're ready to rock and roll. Mm. Thank Lord for taking us through those trials and tribulations. You did perfect our faith. Now we're ready to rock. And it really was coming from the approach of going, okay, wow, we were tested in great ways, um, failed in great ways. 
And then now we have come together again, still choosing one another, still choosing one another and recognizing there's room for grace. Um, there's room for learning more and more about unconditional love. I mean, yep. And then just, you know, keep making it a top priority. And I think that's, you know, why I love what you're doing with love intently. Cause I'm like, man, that's exactly it. Loving intently and intentionally. What does that look like? How can you serve and all those things? Yes. Okay, y'all, I have something super exciting to share with you. How many of you guys enjoy a glass of wine or two during date night or girls night? Well, let me introduce to you Wink, who makes it super easy to discover great wine from the comfort of your home, and that's W-I-N-C. Wink's wine expert selects wines matched to your taste, personalized for you, and ships it straight to your door. And it just starts at $13 a bottle. Did I mention there's no shipping cost? If you don't like a bottle they send you, they will replace the bottle with something that you love, no questions asked. And there's nothing quite like coming home to a bottle of wine that's selected just for you. All you have to do is fill out Wink's palette profile quiz, answer some simple questions that your average store clerk wouldn't ask or even translate into a recommendation. These questions include things like, how do you like coffee? Or how do you feel about blueberries? Then Wink sends wines curated to your taste. And the more wines that you rate, the more personalized your monthly selections become. Each month, there are new wines, like their insanely popular Summer Water Rosé. There's no membership fees. You can skip any month, cancel any time. Shipping is covered, and you can discover great wine today. All you have to do is go to wink.com, which is W-I-N-C.com, and we're giving you $22 off of your first shipment using the code LOVEINTENTLY, one word. And that's L-O-V-E-I-N-T-E-N-T-L-Y. Again, that's wink.com with a promo code of love intently for $22 off. And did I mention that's almost two bottles on the house? So really, you got nothing to lose. Try out some great wine. Tell us how it is. What has been one of the hardest things that you guys have walked through in your marriage thus far? And looking back, what do you wish you would have known sooner? being exposed to kind of a broken home, you know, and not seeing a marriage where my like, I want to be like that. And it's like not, I didn't have that upbringing. A lot of people can relate to that. Mm. Not that. Not I'm throwing everything that's bad, but that was all bad. But as a young kid growing up, I was, I didn't feel safe. I didn't feel right. like, Oh my gosh, what am I going to get? I don't know. You know, and that's not good. So <clears throat> I think for me, um, the biggest thing that I, I've kind of, kind of gone through or dealt with from, from where I'm coming from is seeing patterns. Like the best way to break the things because you will end up doing exactly what you hated if you do not deal with it. And you have, everyone has to deal with that. So the biggest breakthrough for me, if I have observed verbal uh, misuse, like the misuse of words, then what's my responsibility? I need to be the most disciplined in changing that generational pattern that was kind of inherited, I inherited from my parents. You inherit the best parts about them, focus on the best parts. But you also inherit the worst parts. You need to deal with them, you know? And great business management books are applicable to your personal experience, like uh, Good to Great. 
you know, you got to surface the brutal facts of the organization. We are organisms. We are an organization just like a company, right? Mm-hmm. There's no companies. There's no brands without people. So we are that organization. We are that organization. So you have to surface the brutal facts of the organization in yourself so you can deal with them. And that's what, that's what I had to deal with is like, there was such, um, there was such like verbal, reactive, abusive, um, type of language that was so hurtful for me. And then I was like, I'm now tempted to do that. And I'm, I'm being tempted to do it. So to break that is just, you know, maybe the unpopular thing. It's not a quick fix. It's not like prayer review, you're better. It's the daily disciplines of, of breaking those things off and creating new patterns and new behavior and new um, new disciplines that maybe you didn't observe. And I think being that ferocious about your where you missed the mark or where your parents did, don't judge anyone. Let be free, right? Mm-hmm. But but the work of that waits for you every day. So whatever that gap is of like that dream vision you have of yourself, and everyone should have that dream vision of how you imagine your potential but at the same time like what's the gap what's stopping you and then identify name those things you know it's insecurity or if it's reactive behavior or you know just not disciplining yourself to pause and meditate and think and be mindful whatever it takes like there's so many resources youtube university can get you started like you know mm-hmm. so many great resources and that, that's for me though is communications my my theme you know, words are my thing. So that's where I'm the most um, challenged and convicted. Yep. That's exactly it. Doing the work inside that only you and God can do because your partner is gonna, not going to do it for you. So that was like the biggest wake up call was <clears throat> it's waiting for you. So my greatest advice for single people, before you start looking outwards, and this is what I love about you, Sophie, is because you're doing this kind of work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In your wonderful company. I'm like, man, do the work, the nitty gritty, hard, messy stuff first with you and God or you and, you know, accountability, whatever that looks like in your lives, because it's going to hit no matter what. And so doing that ahead of time, then you're going to be 10 steps ahead. I'm watching that play out, to be honest, with my brother and his new girlfriend who happened to be a friend of mine and I played Cupid and they met. But um, I'm watching them approach their relationship in such a way that is so honoring to one another and they're going to get blessed a thousand fold because of that. And so I just watch how they've learned from other people's mistakes or prior mistakes just in their own lives. And so I just see how, you know, it's playing out and it is so much more, you know, you're building such a more solid foundation. So yeah, I always tell people that do all those kind of workshops, the emotional intelligence, leadership, all of that kind of stuff, because it's going to play out in your relationships 100%. Yeah, do whatever you can. But even and even with that, just understand that that leap of faith and crossing that threshold of becoming married, you thought you dealt with things, you, know, <laughs> you will find very soon. Your partner of you will help you identify all of your areas of opportunity to grow. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I remember we've talked about this, but also watching a video um, – where you so vulnerably shared that you guys had kind of spent a few months apart in your first year of marriage. You guys had just hit some blocks. Can you talk to me a little bit about that experience, that time period and what you guys learned through it, but also, um, yeah, just how that season has shaped you guys and brought you stronger and closer where you are today. 
ahead. Yeah, I think um, I definitely am a controller type. So really? we hit the, really we hit this point where <laughs> I just was like not. We weren't understanding each other. We weren't on the same page for a little bit, and so the the communication was becoming it was just going in circles and we just were not, we were not hitting a place of understanding at all. It was getting more and more volatile and we were just going, this is a waste of time. We just need to take some space. And I think that that's something that a lot of marriages don't talk about, but a lot of them have. And once then you hear about it, you're like, Oh, you guys took, you know, even if it was like a few nights or a break or whatever, that time to just decompress, get oxygen back in your brain and just give yourselves a moment um, especially if we both, co- we both came from very tumultuous type of, uh, childhood years, like formative years, like we talked about in the beginning. So those tools were not fully activated in us to be able to communicate in a wholesome way. So it was very dangerous. And we we're like, we need to just, instead of keep continuing to just hurt one another, let's just take a step back. And so we did, and he was living actually not even in the same state for a little bit. I was living in here in LA. He was living in Tucson for a while, but he was with my parents. So it wasn't like this, you know what I mean? It was like an interesting thing. So my parents were so instrumental throughout that process. Corey actually got to really know my dad throughout that, which was such a God thing because they became very close. They're very similar. And so my mom just has this insatiable love for Corey too. She just sees him like her son. And even as bizarre as that may seem, right? Cause like I was the daughter, it was, it was honestly all orchestrated exactly how it was supposed to happen. And, um, cause Corey's parents were going through a divorce at the time. So it was all, his mentor had passed. His parents were going through a divorce. We were off. It was like, a you very, got signed in I got signed with my company. So I was just like, Phew. So all of it hit at once and we were like, it was a, it was a lot. So that time uh, apart was really, really hard. Um, very eye-opening, true times of testing and coming back from it. I mean, God just really, really, like it says, like perfected our faith in ways that I can't even begin to put into words. Um. And so it was all a part of the journey. But I think that because we are so open about it, again, it was like this provocative thing of being honest, but we, I just, we feel called to share. So I think that a lot of people, you know, think it's a pretty provocative thing to share those type of struggles. But like I mentioned earlier, we just feel very called to do that um, equally. So it's really exciting for us to be able to just share our processes. And that's what you'll find a little bit more in the book of sharing some pretty raw and honest stuff that we've been hit with and how God has really shifted that and brought that back to good. And, you know, he always orchestrates all things for his good or he doesn't, which I believe he does. So um, it's just been quite an adventure. And I said to him this morning, I said, Corey, our relationship or not even, I was just talking about just in general, just our dynamic or just our lifestyles because we are pretty provocative. It's always fun. It's never, you know, we don't know what's going to happen next. It's always an adventure. And there's, it's, there's so much spontaneity just because of who we are. So it's like my parents have always had a very interesting life too. And I'm just so grateful that I met my match in that of someone wanting to just 
take it all the way and just be willing to go through the trenches and I don't know, just not like we talked about earlier, not taking life so seriously and just going like playing all throughout life, just playing and seeing how far you can really go declaring, manifesting, doing it all. And just be like, Hmm, let's just see how far we can really take this thing. Yeah. <laughs> you're a little partner in crime for real. For real. Yeah. You're the answer. You're like, we're like a, like a little game. <laughs> we're a little game. We're a tiny little two people. Game. Yes. Okay. So what are your favorite parts about each other? I'll go first. Um, my absolute favorite part about my wife is her heart. It's such mm. a big part for everyone. And she has such a unique calling. And when my mentor said to her, like, when I bring her around, she maybe she didn't realize at the time that was a really big deal. When I introduced her to crap, I was like, I'm like, right? um, And he spoke something into her that was so prophetic and beautiful. When she would describe her career and her passions and what she did with YouTube, et cetera, et cetera. And he was like, 2D beauty. Like, he spoke that over her. Like, two-dimensional beauty, inward and outward. And when I say her heart, of course, she's stunning. Duh. Um, but that's that's not what I fell in love with. Of course, we get attracted to one another on that level. Um, in her mind, you know? She's got these, like, wild, awesome dreams and visions. And I, I never, ever thought that that was going to be for me. Like ever, I kind of threw in the towel. I was like, "All right, I'm gonna live this bachelor life." And I was dead set. I was like, ready to rock. I was ready to do it. Like, hold it down for like the bachelor life. And so, because I because I gave up the idea that I could share on that level with someone and a counterpart. So it took me. It took her being herself, showing up in my life, and me realized, "Oh, this is what I really want. This is the list. I could have made a list, and it would have been like destroyed." This is this was my list. And so my favorite thing about her is her heart. Her massive, massive heart for everyone really. She feels everything for everyone. You know? And that's I want that's contagious in my life and I want it to be contagious in everyone's life. Everyone has a lot to go for me. That's funny. For sure. Um, I would say my favorite thing about Corey is just his wisdom. He is a very old soul when people say that, I mean, he really is. And I think it was due to, that's how I first fell in love with him was that he was hanging out with, you know, his mentor who was at the time, you know, 84 to 93 or 92 when he passed. So I just remember thinking, wow, he is thinking. So he thinks of legacy. That's something that's always on the tip of his mind is how am I going to leave a legacy? So it's very intentional so much so that some people are just like, Wait, what are you even talking about? Because it's so next level that he's constantly challenging me. And that's what I love is that I'm constantly like, wow. And it's frustrating. Sometimes there's friction because I'm like, he goes, I know you can do better than that. I know you can do better. But I love that because that's the exact type of counterpart that I need. Someone who is that um, aware of my capabilities too. Yeah. And just seeing me for who I really am. Um, but then also I was going to say just your heart too. Like this guy loves the world so much and is so called to make a huge difference. I'm going to cry now. (laughs) No, but really I'm like, Mm. people don't see him the way I do. Like people will just have to wait and see because of like the kind of stuff 
that he journals about. It's just like, that's what got me. I was like, what? This is insane. And so he is very misunderstood. And I was, you know, one person that did that for a long time. And I actually said to him yesterday, I said, Corey, this needed to be a part of your journey that I even doubted you. The one person, you know, that could have stood for you. I even doubted you. And I basically was like, get out. Like I need my time. Like, and so when we were separated, it was me going, you got to go. Cause I was like, we're not on the same page. And I was like, ready to call it a day, throw the towel. And he was the one that was just like, you're not getting this. Like, this is a spirit thing. This is not, this is so much deeper. And so for him to just continue to just go back to God, go back to God, go back to God and go back to the word and just challenge me in that area. It's been such an interesting journey. I'm like, Whoa, he is well beyond his years. And so that's been, it's me trying to catch up really. Cause at first I was going, Oh man, like he's just on one. But then I was like, wow, I need to catch up to this spirit level because I am way behind emotionally and I need to purge all this other stuff so that we can meet and then really rock. So that's why I encourage everybody. Like I said earlier, you got to do the work because it's going to bubble up and then you're going to be stuck and having to do it when you're already married. So if you can just do it way before, it's so much more worth it rather than having to like drag people through the mud. So finding someone that will love you through the mess is such a beautiful thing, but you can like avoid so much pain that they have to go through if you do it first. So it's like being selfless, being take, making selfish decisions, right. To come up and be selfless later. That's so beautiful. Yeah. And I will definitely echo that, that I think I truly appreciate y'all's wisdom and heart in my life. Truly. Um, and even in, it hasn't even been a year since I've known you guys. And every time we interact, I always take so much life from it. So thank you. What you are creating is so desperately needed. So we thank you for going down the journey to wholeness as well and creating that space for people because this is mm. huge. It's the one of the biggest topics, yet one of the most suffering areas in our world is marriage. Mm. So thank you yeah. for pioneering, you know, a path for people to, to speak and share. Mm. Yeah. What is the best relationship or marriage advice that you guys have received or could give to somebody, um, someone who's newly married a few steps behind you guys, what would you tell them? Um, there, there was one specific I heard when I was engaged and kind of like sealed the deals on the golf course with some, um, gentlemen who a little further along in the journey of ch- children and marriages for many years. And he said, you know, Corey, I think you're ready to, it sounds like you are, but I just know that when, you're ready to be married specifically God's way and the right way. When you transcended that place in your life, like, who's going to be a great fit for me in my life and what I want? And it flips where you're like, no, like, I just know I can make this person's life better. I want to make that person's life better. And I'm ready for that. I'm not, I'm not like needing someone to come. You complete me. I'm like, no, like, I'm going to be more whole every day. That's already the journey that I'm on. Um, but I was like, I, I'm going to make this person's life better. Like, I know it. I'm the person for her. And it, I hope that she returns that. I hope that that inspires her to want to give it attention to us. But it was that resolute, like, 
unwavering decision like, yes, this is what I'm committed to do. I'm ready for this next level of my life. So if you, to, for all single people out there recording, whatever, if you, if you don't feel that in your heart, it's okay. There were times that I did not, but when I, when I had that affirmation, I was like, that's what it was. It was like, gave me that language, that little pearl, you know? And I was like, that's what it was. I was like, I can make this person's life better. I'm committed to it. And I don't care what she does or what she doesn't do. I'm going to love My takeaway over these last few years was that I had put my source for light in people, which was a very dangerous game because all of those people and Corey, now my ultimate person that I chose is a man and he is a fallible man. And I put my entire source for light, even though I'm saying, Oh, I'm a believer. I'm this and that. Oh, I believe in love and light and all this stuff. So just not making sure to be careful that your source for light is never in people because he's a fallible man. Everyone's going to be fallible. They're not perfect. So if your source, your source for light has to come from your creator. It has to be something so far outside of you. So even if we're saying, Oh, we're believers, it's easy to say that, but then not really truthfully find that. So when he was off or when I was, you know, then our whole thing was off on the cycle. And I was like, Whoa, happiness is a choice really looking, you know, for God, for that light source, then we're always vibrating and fine. Instead of it just being putting all of the weight on his shoulders. Like you have to like these high expectations. He's never going to need, it's impossible but the only person is the true source, you know, the true source of light is in, you know, something outside of fallible humans. So that was huge when that finally like clicked and it seemed so simple, but I realized that I definitely was not being honest about that. And he was like, you've got to get that right. You've got to seek that Christ first. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I know I am. And he was like, no, like, but really? And I was like, okay. And so then he came to and I was like, whoa, it's true, you know, because then it's not designed to be that way. So that was huge. Okay. Two more questions. One, where can people find you and how can we support you? Okay. So you can find everything under my name, Lynette Sine, which is my middle name. I did legally take his last name. So my legal name is Lynette Sine Faruja, but you can find me under everything Lynette Sine. Yeah, um, my YouTube channel, Corey Ferruja, I spell my last name. Um, my Instagram is the Mr. Corey. I'm posting content on there daily. My story streams are daily. And, um, and then, you know, my website, you know, com. All, all my stuff is there. So, Mr. Corey. Incredible. Incredible. I will link everything in the show notes. But last question, what does it mean to love intently to you? Mm. Love intently means to set forth intentions. How are you going to serve that person? It really, marriage is about servanthood. Relationships are about servanthood. That could even be in a dynamic between mother, son, you know, like parental type of situations. But in any relationship, practicing servanthood is really how I think that I love it. For sure. Um, when I think of the word intention, for me, that translates uh, to vision. You know, like having a picture in your mind, an intention, like a goal, being very wired that way and motivated that way. So I asked God to give me a picture, an intention for my marriage. It's very simple. Not a new idea, just kind of uh, what's in the scripture and gave me with Adam and Eve. It was just a picture of hand in hand, walking together. It was very simple. That could have been, you know, um, you need help with that? Ask no. God. Ask your friends that are really creative. Um, allegorical in a sense of... Mm. 
So beautiful. Well, thank you both so much. Again, you inspire me all the time. I know the journey has not been perfect and there's been lots of highs and lows, but how you guys continue to authentically share with the world because you know we so desperately need conversations around it just um, – it just makes me so happy and so grateful to know you. Thank you so much. You're such Thanks a so sweet spirit and we adore you. Thank you so much for listening to part two of my conversation with Lynette and Corey. If you haven't yet, I definitely recommend going back to listening to part one of my conversation with them as they share so much incredible wisdom and insight onto how they navigated their first few years of marriage. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and leave a review so that others can join the conversation as well. Trust me when I say you don't want to miss the next episode with the incredible Elizabeth Carroll. She's a TV personality, author, public speaker, counselor, and serves as the director of the Marriage Bootcamp. Elizabeth is seen on WeTV as the host and relationship expert on seven seasons of the hit TV series Marriage Bootcamp. She's known for her work as a Dr. Drew life changer. With 30 years in corporate experience and master's level education in counseling and psychology, she brings a unique combination of experience in contemporary culture and insight into the psychodynamics of the human mind and relationships. Elizabeth brings practical experience in teaching and public speaking and corporate training and counseling. The Marriage Bootcamp has an 80% success rate, which is phenomenal considering that traditional marriage counseling only has about a 20% success rate. She shares incredible insights and wisdom and her personal journey to having a thriving marriage. So stay tuned. Join our incredible community of 44,000 others on Instagram and let us know what you think at love.intently. Lastly, if you want to support what we're doing and to be a part of building a world that loves intently, you can do so with any dollar amount at our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash loveintently. Yes, even as little as $2 a month would be so helpful. Until next time, with love and intention.